It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's a show that brings you all good things football. A pot of two halves. With the three wise men of football. Tom Woods. Michael Carden Edwards. And the bitter toffee himself, Lee Collard. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pod of Two Arfs, the footballing podcast that brings you all good things football related and brought to you through our partners at the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gents, we're welcoming you to the weekend, baby, as we bring you episode 139. Don't know why I'm going American, but I am. And it's a preview of our favourite games from for the weekend coming up. To help me do this. And again, I don't know why I'm now talking like this, but I'm doing it. I've got Mr. Mikey Carden Edwards and Mr. Tomo Woods. Boys, hope you're good. I'm going to bring in Senor Carden Edwards first. I went to do some Spanish and I'd like, I don't know how to say how are you. And my mind's gone completely blank. Como estas? Is that, is that it? Catal. Well, that that's very slang. I feel I, ne- I never learned that at school. Catal. Just Catal. Okay. What about a bit of comestas? Is that well? Fine. I am good, mate. I'm all right. Yeah, I'm good. I'm all right. Maybe I'm end. good. I'm yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, no, all is good, mate. I'm looking forward to this weekend. Looking forward to the weekend. The weekend is nearly upon us. I'm looking forward to it. Manchester United host Aston Villa, a team. That may have uh, put a certain other team to the sword last weekend. Let's hope they don't replicate that performance against the mighty Red Devils of Manchester. Yeah. Mm, okay. Very, I see. I see what you've done there. Let's let's not let's remind ourselves that my team put Southampton to the sword, but your team didn't. That's true. And then we're going to see if uh, 
Chelsea to put Southampton to the sword next weekend. Yeah, Southampton swords teams. Oh man, there's too much to talk about. Woods, got any swords yes, to bring to the table? <laughs> uh, uh, well, no, <laughs> no sword pun. Sadly, I should have been thinking about one, shouldn't I? Uh, but yeah, you know, you could have done. Can... You could have done a. Um... You know who, who who was it? Do, do the, um, the the sword and stuff. Whoever pulls the whoever pulls I, I the sword this, uh, from this stone and anvil shall be king. Uh, I, I was going to say that is definitely anybody who can pull it once it's been pulled. I was going to say that's definitely Mikey's. And you could done with Pulisic or something. You know, pull pull pull. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, King Pooley. Anybody pull. can pull a sick once it's been pulled. <laughs> no, I'm excited. Good. And you I'm excited good. as well. You've got a big game coming up. I uh, yeah. Um, so I'm at a wedding on Saturday, which don't is... worry, mate. I missed Ronaldo's return because I was at a wedding. It's all right. Don't worry about it. I, Football I... isn't that important. It turns out. Um, yeah, you're not happy about this then. I, look, you can't help these things, right? But the good news is the wedding's at two, right? Kickoffs at half twelve. I have got the capabilities of being able to watch this game, so. Uh, don't rule me out yet, okay? I, I, I. <laughs> there's a first half in you at least. There's at least a first half, mate, and we'll see how it's going from there. <laughs> it's the, look, don't get me wrong. I am disappointed. It's uh, obviously a big football match for for Chelsea Football Club this weekend. Um, but whose wedding is it? I hope they don't listen to this show. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they don't. Fortunately, great. We're paying for this guy's fucking dinner. He doesn't even want to be here. <laughs> <laughs> just sit at the dinner table resting the phone up on a glass being able to to watch the football yeah fucking earbuds in yeah <laughs> huh? yeah, yeah yeah Dorian lovely 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 service thanks I mean, well, let's, 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 let's talk about that game then um, and for a change it's not going to be Woods talking about Chelsea but Mikey you've actually picked this as your game I know right well this is the gimmick of this part of this, this show right we, we each pick a game each the game we're looking forward to the most we take it in turns every week. I thought I'd explain what the gimmick is, Lee, because it's, it's still a fairly new concept. You Mate, know I mean? explain away. There you go. So we pick a game every week in order. So like last week, I was the third person to choose. So this week, I was the first person to choose. And I picked that Chelsea game away before a certain Mr. Woodsy Woods could get involved. So uh, yeah, man, I've got Chelsea Man City. A big game. A big game. Have I mentioned it's a big game, as Wood said on the show. La, or uh, said on the show earlier on in the week, both teams with an identical record, Ish. as you understand it. Ish. That's, take, Liverpool. That's, that's Liverpool. That's Liverpool. Take, that's take, Liverpool. Take away that point there, mate. So I, I, man, I had a whole thing prepared there when I just considered that I just thought they were the same. They're not the same. Okay, let me make that abundantly clear because Manchester <laughs> City are not Liverpool, and we know this. Do you know how we fans. know these boys and girls? Because they've got they, <laughs> Liverpool have fans. Um, right, no, right. Let me. I'm just going to start again. Yeah, start again. So Manchester City have 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 Chelsea in the Premier League. Um, right, big game. Obviously, Chelsea top of the league at the moment. Somehow on goal on, on, on alphabetical order or something like that. We'll go with it. Chelsea looking like a well-oiled machine. They have. Tightened up the defence, which was Lampard's Achilles heel. And now they've got a big, bad, bruising, brutey striker of a man called Big Romelu Lukaku. A player I personally hate. Yeah, I hate him. Yes, well, However, I remember the Euros very well. Yeah, exactly. However, I cannot deny, I cannot deny his effectiveness. And one thing that I have been, was not pleasantly surprised because that would, in, that would indicate that I want Lukaku to do well in his life. I don't, I don't. 
But I was surprised <laughs> that um, when Timo Werner came on against Spurs, Lukaku actually set him up a couple of times, uh, indicating, and this is one for Furnace Football League, because Ronaldo don't get assists. Lukaku could be a man who looks like he is integrated into that, into that team, that team that I spoke about so gloriously about on last week's show. The fact that Chelsea are a team, Lukaku is a team player within this team. The issue was though, he was setting up Timo Werner. Well, this is the, this <laughs> is the issue, is that Timo Werner is unfortunately the recipient of such chances laid onto him by the big, bad, booty daddy known as Romelu Lukaku. Now, Chelsea looking very good, as we've talked about. Good against big teams, as Wood said on the last, last show. They're almost set up to play these big teams and beat them. Turn up, win the game. So I'm expecting big things from Chelsea in this match. I'm expecting I'm expecting goals. I'm not expecting, if I'm honest, for them to concede. Because as we switch to the other side of the half, Manchester City are there and they against a defense which which is looking fairly impervious, fairly impervious, ain't about to be scoring, in my <laughs> humble opinion. I think I was going to say, no, um, from the previous episode as well, Woods mentioned, and I, I wasn't actually aware of it, but that basically two shells got Pep's number as well. I think that that's an intriguing aspect for this game as well. Do you not agree? Oh, yeah. Who are you asking? I, I don't look, know. I was directing you because you were talking about your game. Well, the problem is that you're just looking into the camera. And what that means is, is that both me and Woods, you're just looking at both of us. So it's hard to <laughs> Mate, know. you went so still, I thought, I thought you'd actually frozen because you, you just didn't move <laughs> at all. So I, I kind of froze myself and I was like, well, hopefully one of them will answer. It, it's a, it is an interesting aspect to the game. Like Chelsea beat Man City three times in six weeks um, at the back in the last season. And, and most importantly, was in the European Cup final. Um, Tuchel certainly, you know, Pep, Pep, Pep spoke at length in the build-up to the uh, Champions League game about Chelsea's tactics, it was so easy for him to read Chelsea's tactics and yet still can't break the code. So I I'm sure Pep spent time uh, thinking about this. But by all accounts, also, there's a very interesting relationship between the two in the sense that uh, Tuchel, I think they, they met, this was again spoken about during the European Cup final build-up, but they'd met at some point in a restaurant and they'd spoken about tactics and everything. And Tuchel holds Pep in very high regard, you know, when it comes to this. So him beating Pep um, is sort of the pinnacle for him. That's probably where his mentality lies. So it's a big game for Tuchel as well. I think um, with, with Tommy T, T I squared. Chelsea, the, I, what? T squared. T squared, of course. With T squared, if he, I think Chelsea needs to go and play their game. I think what will win or lose the game will be Guardiola's insistence that he has to overthink it and do something to counter something. Um, in the, they lost the Champions League final because Guardiola overthought it and tried to do, tried to be clever. Um, Guardiola just needs to kind of go back to basics a little bit with that Man City team um, and and just get a result. I think a draw would be a good result for City in this circumstance. To be perfectly frank. That's all I'm going to say about the game. It is a big game. We're early on in the season. Chelsea just seem to be playing all of the big teams early, which isn't a bad thing to do. And especially when you're doing it and you're top of the league, indicating yeah. you're doing well against these big teams. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a bigger game for Man City, I would say. And I think they need to go and get at least a point from this game. My prediction, I hear you ask, Michael, what do you think the score will be? I think 
1-1. So you effectively like the Liverpool-Chelsea game from earlier this season. Yes. I think you mentioned, obviously, one has quite a porous defence and the other one doesn't. Chelsea Woods, I think you're a little bit iffy in terms of maybe getting the supply to, to Lukaku. Mm-hmm. But Chelsea are scoring goals still, nevertheless. Man City are scoring goals, but against, you know, some form of tax, whether it be Norwich or Bundesliga or whatever. They're playing against Chelsea, whose defence looks tight as tight as fuck, if you don't mind me using a swear word. <laughs> I wonder where you were going with that. I was like, <laughs> it's going to say something interesting here. But I, I went with the swear word instead. But I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I know you're probably going to go with the cautious element of this, but I feel like it's just there for, for Chelsea to, to be winning, or they go in as favourites, surely. Uh, Chelsea, the home team. Um, so, yeah, they, they do go in as favourites, for sure. Um I'm trying to remember. I think City scored one goal against us under Tuchel and that was a penalty and that was contentious as well at the time. You know, like the, the City haven't really been... They, they had half chances against Chelsea in the European Cup final and obviously I think if you look at the game at the Etihad, Chelsea rode their luck a little bit in, in winning that fixture in the end. Um, it was a very late goal to win it, which was... Which, you know, late winners, there's nothing better in football, right? It's, it's literally the pinnacle. It's, it's, the, it's the high point. Um, but yeah, they do, I think they do go in as favourites. They're playing the better football. They look formidable. I think City have looked fallible. The fact that they conceded three goals against um, Leipzig would ring alarm bells that you can get at them. I thought that they they, they were um, Southampton even at the weekend showed that you can get at these defenders. I think that I like Ruben Diaz. I like Ruben Diaz a lot. Mikey knows I like Ruben Diaz. I know Mikey likes Ruben Diaz. I feel that he might be the most overrated player in the league. I feel that people put him on a pedestal awfully quickly because they wanted to find uh, some sort of heir apparent to Virgil van Dijk to run that, you know, who had Liverpool going up against City quite closely. So I think that's what they were keen to do. And I don't think he's as... uh, Do you you know what I see in him? I see Otamendi-esque. Loves a little bit of a diving, a bit of a commit. I think he, I think he commits a lot. I think he commits a lot, and I think that that's going to be, it's going to be interesting because he's going to go up against Lukaku, and that's a big body player to go up against as well. And how he handles that it might suit him a bit more. But Lukaku is a difficult player to play against. He's look technically with the ball at his feet, he's not excellent, but he'll take you into places where you don't want to go, and he'll make you earn it over an afternoon so we're going to see he'll take him into the deep water <laughs> and see if he can swim it's, and this is it I think um, I think I'm right that Laporte's out so I'm assuming John Stones comes back in which might make them better because obviously that was the formidable partnership towards the back end of the season well Nathan Aki's been featuring quite a bit though, he has he? that's a very yeah. very good point um, but yeah I think Chelsea going as, as, as favourites I really do um, and a big performance on Saturday takes us six points clear of of City, even at this early stage. Feels significant, right? I agree. Yeah. Next game. Well, let's move from the twelve thirty Saturday to the four thirty on Sunday. Woods is recovering from his wedding, and he wants to talk to you. And forgive me, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to call this a wank fest for him. Because it's Arsenal versus Spurs, two teams that he loves to dick on every week, and they come together to play each other. So surely, Woods, you're going to be loving this. It's Banterfest 2021, <laughs> mate. I, 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 this is brilliant because as as a Chelsea fan, you can kind of sit back and enjoy this one. Um, 
we are, and I know we spoke about this on last week's pod, but I'm going to I'm going to touch on it again because it's important to remember that a couple of weeks ago, Tottenham were sitting top of the Premier League and Arsenal were sitting rock bottom. We went into an international break. Subsequently, Tottenham have gone and lost back to back games three 0 and Arsenal won back to back games one 0 which now makes this game that if Arsenal win the game by two goals, they go above. Tottenham Hotspurs in the league, which is incredible, bearing in mind the alarm bells that were ringing only a few weeks ago uh, at the Emirates. It's it's an interesting um, turnaround that they've had now, uh, touching on Arsenal. Um, look, Norwich are a gimme this season. Um, I, I, I don't know how many points Norwich will score. It'll probably be a handful. So beating Norwich 1-0 at home is, is arguably a poor result. In, in, in all truth on this, right? Uh, but going to not Burnley... when it's Everton though this weekend. <laughs> just just a quick insight that that is who my game is, and I'll be happy with a one nil because it's three points. But sorry, Woods, carry on. That, that's okay. Uh, but touching on um, the Burnley game for Arsenal, now that, that's a tough place to go. And admittedly, Burnley have been poor to start the season. But you still have to go, and you have to to ride the physicalness of, of the football match, and and they did. Uh, admittedly. Uh, Love Island Benny um, allowed his his teammates to do the heavy lifting in the game um, with with uh, Tiramisu winning all of his aerial challenges, which is very impressive for a right back against Burnley again. Uh, th- th- this guy um, has something about him, right? I think he fits perfectly into this Arsenal team where they have to hide the deficiencies of their fifty million pound centre half, um, and that's what he's doing on a, on a week in week out basis. And I think that Gabriel also being there to hold Ben White's hand as well helps. So it's better than Pablo Mari, isn't it? <laughs> absolutely better than Pablo Mari. So they, they look a lot stronger defensively. And what I will say for, for all the shit that we've given uh, Ramsdale over his time uh, where we've been recording this podcast, he also looks like a better option than than uh, Bernd Leno. Um, I'd put myself as maybe potentially a better option than Bernd Leno. Okay, I, I watched be- the game against Burnley. I'm Damning still not convinced about Is that what they call it? But like in all seriousness, he's he's done okay, and you know um, it seems that you know that there's a bit of a feel good coming back to to Arsenal and Arteta with his Lego man here. He's kind of like, look at my signings, aren't they wonderful? Aren't they working perfectly? What I would say is, oh, they're not conceding goals. That's important going forward. They're not particularly good. They're not um, easy on the eye. They are not easy on the eye Which at I all. think Mikey would have said for pr- pretty much since the Arteta reign, they have not been easy on the Lack eye. Lack of fluidity in that, that team. So you've got this situation where you've got Arsenal who lack fluidity uh, in their attacking versus Tottenham, who after the last two performances, have, have decided to play Kane at the base of the midfield, it looks like, which is a bold choice, I will say, for Kane to be playing there. Can, can, we got. We, I think at some point we, we, we're moving into that situation we're going to have to talk about Harry Kane and is he shithousing this season? Because, um, because I, I, I will say in Harry Kane's defence you say he could be shithousing he's, he's not getting the ball he's not seeing the ball but he's not helping by dropping into like basically the deep third of the pitch to take and go and receive the ball when the ball breaks forward and he's not in the penalty area for when the ball gets but forward, is, which is where he needs to be. Is there a reason why maybe he is potentially doing that or is going into... Are you saying it's kind of like chicken and egg for Harry Kane at the moment, that he needs to go get the ball? And the, but the I'm not seeing the ball, so I'll, I'll go in search of it. There's, there's probably an element of it, but I think that the, uh, Roy Keane um, touched on it perfectly. It's that stop being selfish, go stand up front because we need you to be up there because you, where you're playing at the moment into the midfield isn't helping us. Right, you mm. might want to go touch the ball. That's great. 
but you're not going to do that on the football pitch and help us win football matches. That is a problem. It's a legitimate problem. They've got that Harry Kane basically is playing hero ball all the time. Hero ball isn't isn't working. There, there's an I would say I, I would say on that that he did line up against Chelsea playing left wing. Is um, that right? I, th- I heard someone say that, and I didn't quite pick up on it when I was watching. Who, who plays he's up? playing left? He's playing left wing. They put Son up against uh, Thiago Silva because they, I think, they figured that his pace would cause some problems. Yeah, forgetting that Thiago Silva can read a game way ahead of yeah, exactly. where Son <laughs> is playing. Um, well, when the second goal went in um, for Chelsea, um, that's when Nuno was signaling to, signaling to Kane go, 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 basically go, go, stand up front. And I think instead he basically was like, he he looked fucked off he did from what i've seen because he was just like starting the game against against chelsea you you want me to stand out on the wing what and this is on the back of uh playing crystal palace where you had zero touches mm. in the box and zero shots yeah that's something you don't associate harry kane a double with. goose egg yeah and you don't not... associate him playing on the left wing I think we, we spoke about this during uh brighton segment that i really don't think this nuno experiment is going to last particularly long I, I think that he's a. It was a marriage of convenience once they whiffed on the other ten managers that they wanted. Uh, they needed someone to come in. Nuno probably interviewed well enough that they felt comfortable with it. Um, but now we're seeing, well, we described look, it as the safe option. I'm going to I'm going to talk about their expected points. Like they've they basically got double the points they should have at this stage of the season. They should be on expected points, and I know it's a, it's a very early in the season to be using this, but they're actually behind Arsenal. So Arsenal should be on five. Tottenham should be on four, four points this season. If you've watched them, that makes sense. The games that they won earlier this season, they weren't doing uh, through being deserved. I think they had one fixture where they, I'm trying to think who they were playing now, it's escaping me, but it's the last game before the international break where they did deservedly win the football match. The other two before that, very questionable, certainly the second game into the season. They've not played well at all. Uh, They're getting worse. They were dreadful against Palace and they completely, like, they just didn't turn up. They didn't compete against Chelsea. And you were talking as well about that second game, that was Wolves, where yes, it on was another Wolves. day, Adama Traore yeah. or Wolves well, just in general win that game. Wolves have taken the role of Brighton this season when it comes to uh, expected yeah. goals, uh, absolutely killing themselves just for every what, week. For what it's worth, though, in my opinion, I don't think it matter who comes in as manager. Harry Kane is... He's, he's just a body now. He's, he's not there. He's not there mentally, I don't think. The, the thing with elite sports is um, to be at your best, you have to be 100% in, right? And I, I always kind of think, and this is going to be a weird analogy, and Mike is not going to like it, but I always think to what happened with Sebastian Vettel at Red Bull at the first season of the Turbo Hybrid era where Danny Ricciardo became his teammate. And Vettel was just dog shit. He completely phoned it in. And I think what happens is when you go from being an individual that's just won four world titles on a spin to not being able to compete for race wins, your buy-in to that drops. And that, even if it's like by a couple of percent, when you're playing at the very, very top of sports, the elite of the elite level, that's all of a sudden a chasm. It's a massive gap. And I think that's what's happening with Kane. I think because he's not completely there, we are seeing a significant drop because he's done okay for England, right? It's exactly what happens to me on this show when I'm I'm expected to kind of be the linchpin, yeah, be that charismatic <laughs> enigma, and then all of a sudden, without any warning, we're talking about Formula One. 
and uh, I, I can't keep up the levels previously attained. And, and I'll, I'll double down when, when anything about American football's also spoken about. <laughs> I also zone out and, and suddenly a, a drop off in my level as well. <laughs> but, um, but you know what my point is, though, right? Yeah. I, give, I, give, I kind of, I kind of feel that his head isn't there. I, I, it must be tough to watch Man City play in European games on midweek and be like, "That's where I should be." And now, and now looking I'm like they need a striker as well. Uh, yeah. and, and even and even the even the factor of in in years past, when Chelsea come to Spurs, Spurs would sit there and go, "We're going to win this game." Hmm. Even couple of years ago Kane has been a part of good Spurs teams and now and now Chelsea come to town and Spurs don't have a fucking hope they ain't got a, they, haven't, they don't have a prayer to the point where they go at Kane go, go left wing Sonny Jim no 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 well, no, no just just on that do Spurs then have a do they have a chance this weekend against they've got against a chance Arsenal? mate well alright basically what I'm getting at is give me a prediction um Arsenal are going to win. 1-0? Uh, yeah. Bear in mind it's a North London derby. They rarely have... There's usually goals. There are usually goals, but the, these two teams and their managers are, are going to stifle the fucking life. Basically, neither manager can really afford to fuck this. That is that. That is a big problem, and I can see it kind of uh, killing the game a little bit, but I think Arsenal will have enough um, and, and maybe a set piece. Uh, it, it'll be a... I reckon it'll be a difficult watch. Let's put it that way on on Sunday afternoon. We'll see. Not- we'll see. Let's have a quick breather for the boys interrogate me about my choice of game being at Everton. We haven't spoken about Everton this season. So yeah, I've gone for Everton Norwich. I had Norwich last week. For some reason, I've I've now got an affiliation with the Canaries and wanting to pick them every week. Um, I think in some ways it was uh, quite quite an easy option. I did contemplate Brentford Liverpool which I think will also be a very intriguing game because it's Brentford's first I say real test so I'm not going to include that Arsenal at the first game of the season but um yeah I'm not here to talk about Brentford Liverpool anyway I'm here to talk about Everton on the back of a I think that well the scoreline suggested it was a bit of a hammer and to be honest I, I think it was um I don't think Everton were in the game at all I mean obviously when I say that it was nil nil until like you know the 60 odd minute but then quick fire goals pretty much put the game to bed and we we were poor um that said we're also playing Norwich who are also poor and Woods you've described them as a gimme I I I do worry when that's said because that means Everton then are expected to win and win handsomely I believe as well when Norwich were last in the Premier League they won at Goodison and yeah, basically, I'm worried that could happen again. We've got we've got injury problems, which I don't think helped um, with the Villa game. But oh no, that definitely hurt, man. Yeah, it did. It helped us. It hurt us at the uh, at the back end up, up up top as well. But um, at the same time, whilst Everton have picked up points and it has been nice to get the results, we haven't played well across a game, and that's something that I find of concern. We're playing well in patches, like 15, 20 minutes here and there. We're obviously playing a counter attacking game, which Obviously, for sometimes it does, uh, you know, bear good fruit, and then sometimes it doesn't. And I think when it comes to what we witnessed uh, against Villa, players playing out of position, half-fit players as well. I think like there's only going to be sort of one result. That said, we are playing Norwich. We gave Norwich a good hammering last week in terms of um, the way they, they they've come in and in back into the Premier League, and pretty much they're not learned their lessons. 
and we said that they had a big game up against um, against Watford, basically the first six points of the season, and they pretty much failed miserably, uh, getting beat three one at home. So for me, it's a, it's, a, it's a relatively big game, but um, obviously I've picked Everton. I know Mikey, you said earlier that you wanted to fire some questions at me about Everton, so here's your opportunity. Right, number one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I read from an Everton fan um, following not the Villa game, but the game. But who did you play before Villa? Um, Burnley. Burnley, you won, right? Basically, what we did to Burnley, Aston Villa did to us. Exactly. Uh, I heard that a Everton fan in the stands started chanting for Benitez and got laughed down by... Uh, basically the rest of the Everton supporters. Too bright as and well. It's far comment, too early. Well, this is the thing. And the comment the, the, the comment this guy made was, however, I can see Benitez winning the, winning the fans over sooner rather than later. First question, what do you think on that? How how much will it take for you for him to win you over? Not, and don't give me, oh, getting us, you know, top four or something, some, something mad like that. Because realistically... Um. It's a good question. I, I generally do you like how I baited you, like you there yeah. when you ain't getting top four, Sonny. Well, yeah, no, it's not going to. No, I'm unrealistic, mate. He's doing the right steps and ter- and the right moves, and even it's just like little things, you know. And I know this sounds like really silly, but you know, just wearing like a blue tie. I knew, I knew you were going to talk about his clothes. Think things like that. Well, I mean, I've talked about his bloody training gear, mate. Him rocking up in a baseball cap every week or every day. Just for some reason, it just infuriates me. But um, come come weekend, also just a big shout out to Hassan Hootel rocking a uh, waistcoat as well at the weekend. Fair play to that. Yeah. Um, but no, little things like that. From what I read on on the Athletic, where um, I'm assuming you boys subscribe to the Athletic and you read directly about your own teams. Yeah. So you have your own personal reporter in regards to that team. From what I read, he's doing he's doing good things um, in terms of uh, the, the training. I very much get the impression when it was under Ancelotti, it was kind of turn up, have a good time. There was no element of coaching or, you know, it's very much here. Well, I think we said before, and he's, he's a man manager, isn't he, Ancelotti? And I'm not sure he's an actual coach, whereas I think that's what obviously Rafa Benitez is. So there's an element of tactics being implemented from the training ground onto the pitch. Whether it's ones that I enjoy, because we've now become like a counter-attacking team, I'm not too sure. But at the same time, I remember last season just watching us pass the ball around aimlessly, like, you know, side to side and looking really, really just not not very entertaining. And I'm not, not going to say entertaining, not even like... Um, basically, I don't, think, I don't think we were a danger to any team. Basically, you can just con- contain us. Just you can pass in front of us, whereas now that there's an element of getting the transition from front uh, from back to, a, to to front very quickly, maybe it's not the easiest on the eye, but so far it has brought some results. So yeah, interesting. Okay, good good answers. Good answers there. <laughs> what are your hopes for this season? Uh, I guess there has to be progress. You, you know, that's that's something you always expect, isn't it? A, a club you want your team to progress. And where did we finish last season? Was it tenth? So I guess progress from from that from that position. If I if I said Europe in terms of like top seven, if that was a possibility in terms of the way it pans out, you know, I who wins the cups, top seven is is it's a possibility. But I feel like we have to be realistic. Woods, I think you mentioned it on last week's show or the show before that, 
there's there's a, there's a group there's a strong group of teams now in that sort of mm. middle of the table where they've all got the same aspirations. We just played one in Aston Villa. You know they made some good signings on the back of the Grealish money, whereas we haven't done that. So it, it's hard to kind of I don't know fathom in my head like given that the sort of the lack of transfers and or the money being spent because obviously that's something we've um, spoke about before with Everton you know the money goes in and suddenly the expectation goes up so in some ways because there's going to be maybe less expectation I, d- I don't know like you know maybe anything top half would be good but um yeah I still think like you know there has to be an element of progress and I think it starts on the pitch first in terms of picking up results crucially maybe at home last year our home record was abysmal and losing to teams like Norwich we lost to like the likes of Fulham, Sheffield United, Newcastle at home. Our, really, our, our home form last year was appalling. So I think first and foremost, it starts there and then progresses from there on. Okay. Okay. Another very good answer. Thorough answer. Um, last question from me, because otherwise I'm going to start asking you about transfers. I know you don't want to, I know you don't want to listen. I know you don't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah? um, what's been the um, biggest single improvement that you think Benitez has brought to the team in his short time so far? What's been the thing that when you look at the five games that have taken place so far this season where you go, wow, that's the biggest difference from this season to last season from under Ancelotti. And I don't, I don't want to talk about playing stuff because they're obviously going to change uh, with the likes of Townsend and, uh, and Gray coming in, but elsewhere, what's, what's been a big noticeable change? Well, you say that, but those two guys that you've just, highlighted Townsend and Gray have had an impact on the way we play and it is there's there's pace in our game now there's an element of directness and I kind of alluded to earlier in last year under Angelotti it really stagnated especially in the second half of the season in terms of our play um so on, on that basis with those two guys on the pitch there's a lot more balls going into the box which basically utilizes Calvert-Lewin's main strength and that's heading remember we spoke about it last year didn't we with um when Hammers came in and the, 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 there was the the thing where Hammers got the ball, played it out to Lukadinha, Lukadinha crossed it in. But um, relying on your left back to, to to be sort of the main source of crossing doesn't bear well, I think, in terms of attacking play because he's. Hey man, that's what Chelsea do. Alonso yeah, but and James they, they play they play free at back though, don't they? Whereas we don't. We've, we've tried to do that, and. I think um, we tried it against uh, Burnley in the first half when we were bad, and then we switched it around. That's the pro- actually to answer your question. That's probably one of the best things that I've seen with Rafa is his in-game management and the ability to to, to oh, change it. Rafa, yeah, got a little, got a little nickname for him. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> Affectionate, RB. I might say. Yeah. Like he's Richard Blackwood. I can't call him that, can I? <laughs> um, and then, like, actually, no. I have one more question. Anything that is a uh, disappointed you so far under 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 Benitez and that can be anything from player individual player performances to results or, or what have you what's been would you say the biggest disappointment so far um don't know would it be the the regression of Michael Keane he 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 was in terms of individual mistakes yes he he does stand out and it did make me think about Decore and the progress he's made this season and playing further up the field obviously that's a positive and it doesn't answer your question um, but I like that you mentioned that because I didn't know that. I didn't know that Decore has been playing further up the field. These are the bits of analysis, Lee, that I require from an Everton fan such as yourself. Well, yeah. 
Um, I, I, yeah, and the fact that Tom Davies until Blight this this weekend <laughs> had, and Awobi haven't really seen the pitch too much has been a good thing. Although there's actually been, apparently, by all accounts, Awobi's progressed under Rafa. I'm not, I'm not convinced, but um, but yeah, I'll save that for another day. Yeah, I think maybe you've nailed it on the head. Yeah, it's probably Michael Keane not being as solid as what he was last year because he had a pretty good season last year. Okay, cool. I don't have any more questions. Woods, are you going to find me any questions before we crack no, on? No, I, I feel that you've covered everything off. Uh, I, I will tell you now, if you, you fail to beat this lot, we're coming for you next week, man. <laughs> and I don't blame you, mate. I really don't. Um, regardless of the injuries, we should be beating the likes of Norwich because, yeah, I, I wanted to say with Norwich, they, they, just, they just look... They just don't look like a Premier League team. I think when I'm in agreement with Martin Keown, who said I'll match the day, then, I don't know, it's a scary thought, um, being in agreement with Martin Keown in general. But, um, yeah, they just look poor. I think I read somewhere that they lost 15 out of... No, no, they've lost their last 15 Premier League games, obviously combined over the two two seasons. seasons. Yeah, um, I... I don't think I've been more disappointed by anything else in the league this season. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe the officiating at the weekend, but the, the this the I, I I'm amazed how ill prepared this team is for the Premier League. Yeah, you know I, I I'm I'm amazed that the manager has allowed the team to come into the league this season without the ability to uh, keep it tight. In moments, right? Surely they must reflect on, as you say, they must reflect on their previous season when they're in the Premier League and and analyse it and go, right, this is where we went wrong last year. This is what we need to do this year. And as you said, keeping it tight at the back. See, they weren't bad defensively. I think they had the second best record in the league last year in the Championship. So they were better than um, Brentford, who've come into the league and conceded two goals in their first five games. Now, I know there's some differences in the fixtures that they've played, but it's it's they they do it's amateur hour at times, and I tell you one thing that's I mean I don't know if it's concerning, but the manager I got to say when I was watching him on body language on the touchline defeated deflated, mm. um, you know you do wonder and if, after as well when talking to the media, yeah I think that he's probably frustrated with the the errors, but I think they're probably too young. I think the players that they've loaned in too young. Um, you know they've they've, they've obviously brought in uh, Gilmore and uh, Williams God, Williams from from Manchester United. They've obviously got Cantwell, who they're relying heavily on as a creative source, uh, and, and maybe they're just too inexperienced to be able to carry that level of load. That they needed some more experienced hands in there. I mean, Pookie Pookie getting off the mark will help. Uh, he he did score well in the league last year. Um, he wasn't too far behind uh, Tony, um, but you know, like, I I find it bizarre that you allow yourself to lose Buendia for thirty million. That's like, always about, the case, though. Norris, they always have to let a player go. I think the season before, but like coming into the Premier League, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, but I think that was going down, right? That they well, let yeah, Godfrey go. Course, so that, yeah. coming up. I, I I only assume that there must have been some sort of agreement with the player to allow that to happen, but to have no contingency, like you must know that this is the money that we're going to have. You have to go and fill that void. I mean, let's put it this way. The team they're playing, have got Townsend and, and Damari Gray. 
those are two players that were readily available. Now, they might have basically said no to Norwich anyway, right? There's every chance that might have been the case. But um, you can see that both Townsend and Gray are having output in the Premier League. They've also had output in the Premier League previously. They've got experience of playing in that league. And they seemingly have gone and invested in players from uh, other areas, young, without just basically the experience of, of the division. And I think it's just... It's just dog shit, really, to put it mm. bluntly. I, 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 I also think Grant Hanley at the back as well as your sort of defensive leadership. Championship.com. Yeah. Nothing better. Yeah, Tim Krull, aging. And he's been good. The Has thing he? with Tim Krull, I think he's been good, mate. Like, without Tim Krull, they, they could have been, it could have been a heck of a lot worse. I saw, I saw the Arsenal game and Tim Krull looks good on the back of making mistakes. So he makes mistakes and then yeah. saves, then makes a save. So it's like, you know. I, I see what you mean. Um, I, 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 Yeah, there's obviously an element of that. Um, yeah, well, I mean, ultimately, they, they, they've got zero points after five games. We said last week was must win. I think it was. For me, they're done. They, they, they're cooked, right? You, yeah. you lose at home to Watford, you're finished. Done. Tim Krull was never the same since he starred in the Marvel films as the Winter Soldier. That's the issue for Tim Krull. That that's, that joke's lost on me, but Woods, I'm sure you can appreciate it. Maybe chuckle and give him a laugh. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I, I don't mean they're horrible, mate. I'm no, that's, films, the, mate. that's how it came across. Me. <laughs> Maybe chuckle, you know, just just humour him for a moment. <laughs> I need humouring every now and again. Let the listeners know. Anyway, um, let's take a quick breather before we uh, move on to a bit of fantasy football. Okay, fantasy football is here again. Wow, you sound excited. Yeah, well, I've just been speaking about Everton, mate, so I'm now completely deflated. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Essentially, I said to you boys in before the show, I'm going to maybe try and tackle it, um, fantasy football segment, a little bit differently. In some ways, it's going to be maybe start off the same. However, let me explain as I go on. So I'm going to talk about the ins and which is something obviously we've done in the past anyway. Just a quick touch that Antonio and Ronaldo are basically the two front runners for being basically being brought into teams. Antonio, as we know, was uh, what you call it, suspended for the for the United game, so he's now back in the team. I didn't agree with anyone taking him out of the team to so then put him back in because basically he's going to have a you're going to lose value on him, and now he's going to cost you more to get back in. But regardless. People don't always listen to the show, so they don't take my sound advice. However, Ronaldo, and also Ronaldo is just a gimme. He's up to 46% now. If the penny hadn't dropped, you know, in the first game and it didn't drop after the second game or the third game, I I don't know when it is. The guy's going to score goals. He's up to 46% ownership. Get him in. But the two that I did want to focus on is um, Ishmael Saar and St. Maxim. Basically, those guys are, I think they're, third and fifth at the moment bear in mind we call this pod on a monday come the end of the week those numbers may change however they are on the up in terms of being uh, for their ownership but i wanted to look at from uh, the the ict index point of view so this is basically a f- football statistical index which is developed specifically to give a verdict on a player as an fpl asset through the a variety of factors which include influence creativity and threat and threat yeah so basically uh, i wanted to give a an overview of that and, and specifically these two examples, those two players that I mentioned um, and how it could basically play a part and a bearing in, in, in terms of your thought process of bringing a player in. Because if in an ideal world, you'd always have 
all the players from the from the top teams, but we know that doesn't work a because of budget and b because you can only have three players from a from a team anyway. So you always have to look for your differentials from your from your lower ended, you know, players that are doing you know down at the bottom of the league. So obviously these two guys play for Watford and Newcastle. They ain't having a great season, are they? If essentially, but if you look at under the underlying numbers, you can actually see that there is good potential. Certainly. Um, with, with these two guys. So we've got um, Ishmael Sai, he's, uh, he's 6.1 million. We're looking at his influence. So there's 249 midfielders in the league. His influence is 5 out of 249. So he's really high. Oof. His creativity is 17. And then his threat is 3. So he's basically the third most threatening midfielder in the Premier League, according to the, the index, which gives him an overall rating as the fifth, basically most uh, creative, threatening midfielder in in the game. And that's 6.1 million. That's, the, that's something not to scoff at. So I know, as I said earlier, you maybe look at someone that is like, oh, he's plays for Watford. You know, is he, is he, you know, is he something that I want to get in my team? Watford aren't going to, you know, pick up many results. But at the same time, if he's having a direct impact in the games, so even if they lose, he's still going to be hopefully picking up points. And if he doesn't pick up points in one game, we like to think he's going to pick up points in another game. And another thing I would like to highlight with Saar is that he's got a quite a favourable run coming up uh, in terms of he's got Newcastle, Leeds, Everton and Southampton. So potentially, a, 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 I would say a differential 8% ownership. So something to keep in mind. And then I said with um, Alan St. Maximum, he is, again, he's at our, around, at, as, as we speak, 190,000 new buyers and he's at 11% ownership. His numbers are even more impressive. Bearing in mind, he plays for Newcastle, right? So listen to this. So he's strikers. There's 84 in the game. His influence is second. So he's the second most influential striker. He's second for most creativity. His threat is 13, but overall, he's the third most basically effective striker in, in, on the game, which is, is quite bizarre to think, really. But then, when I say bizarre, it's just for, for the fact that he's playing for Newcastle, isn't it? So he, you're not necessarily going to stack your Newcastle players in, in the back, like I said, they're not probably not going to pick up many results. However, if he gets the goals, ultimately that's that's it's individual performances and maybe not team performances you need to look at. And that's kind of what I wanted to highlight with the uh, the ICT index and something to always to take into account. So I know like with myself that sometimes I would always be a bit bit blinkered and I'll just go for like a, like I said, maybe a bigger name or just someone that's, I'm more aware of, but you know, if you take into the, these things into account, especially with players that you don't know so well, yeah, keep it in mind. So yeah, that that is the ICT index. Boys, you got any questions on that? Anything I want to say with the ICT index? Woods had a phrase the other week that said "buyer beware." Okay, and uh, if you go to the ICT index and you look at defenders. And you look at the top players by ICT index of defenders. Who do you think is not at number one? I know the point you're going to make because I looked at Ronaldo's before and he wasn't featuring that high. Right, it's, it's Trent Alexander-Arnold number one. Okay, number two okay is that Marcus makes sense. Alonso. Yeah. That makes sense right, as well. Number two is Marcus Alonso. Yep. And Trent's on, how many points is he on at the moment? He's on 34 points. Uh, Alonso's on 38 points. Number three is Matt Ritchie, and he has got six points so far in the entire game, and he is third on the ICT list. Really? And, and I don't understand why he's there, but he is third on that list. So 
I love the stats, Lee. And, but there's also another one, like Traore is also on high up on the midfielders. And I plumbed for Traore and he has provided me with jack shit so far. And it's been quite annoying. 11 points in total. So I can understand, yeah, though, with well, the Traore I, one, you know. I can understand that as well. I am a bit confused about the Matt Ritchie one. But it was one of those things because I was looking at this uh, the other day and I was like, why on earth is he there? I can't offer you an explanation of it and he must get a lot of tackles in. But doesn't do much else after. <laughs> Who knows? But um, no, no, it's good. Keep it in perspective, I guess, is is, is basically what I'm going at. Yeah. Um, in terms of outs, very quickly, Richarlison is out for three weeks. At the moment, he's the most dropped player out of the teams. But um, I'm yeah, I'm neither here or there with Richarlison. He's a bit of a streaky player. Doesn't really score more than 15 in the season anyway. There's probably better options out there. And you mentioned uh, old Trent Alexander-Arnold went missing at the weekend, which I'm sure pissed off a lot of people basically because he's in a he's in a hell of a lot of teams um something to keep an eye on at the moment he's already lost 115,000 me personally I'm probably going to keep him um because it's just an illness so I don't expect it to be long term so yeah there's that caption choices this is where I bring you boys in to see what you feel are you um are you feeling Ronaldo versus Villa first of all Mikey um yeah I am because it's Ronaldo, right? He's going to score goals. Yeah, yeah. that's basically exactly. the rule. Um, I should stress, I didn't do my fantasy team last week. I completely, uh, well, I didn't forget. I was doing it, then I just forgot to click save. So all you guys are bloody Solaris captain, and I had Ronaldo, and I was like, and I just win one of the penalties, Yilly. Yeah, that's <laughs> my. That's the other reason why I was so annoyed at us not getting any of these fucking penalties, because I assume he's going to take them. Yeah, he's still chipped in the goal, so, but no bonus points, essentially. Yeah, it was uh, it was a little bit frustrating. Obviously, in terms of the other captain choice, Salah, they've got Brentford, right? Is that correct? No, they've got away. Don't like it. Oh, no, sorry. No, tell Salah, yeah, of course, I mentioned it. Yeah, Brentford, sorry. Only two goals conceded by Brentford. They're, they're going to play tough, right? You pretty much took the words out of my mouth, Woods. Yeah, I put caution. The thing is, Salah is in good form, right? He's in great form. But Brentford, for I, this is the thing, Brentford, I don't feel like I've had a real test, but at the same time... It's hard to not look past Brentford, isn't it? They're, 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 they're looking solid. So it's hard to see if he's going to really profit for uh, in that game. And it's also away as well. So that's another factor. Another one that I've got on the list as well is Antonio versus Leeds. Leeds have had a bit of a rocky start. Antonio's back. Raring to go, hopefully. So, yeah. If you fancy a differential, mentioned about Saar. I've also put Dennis, who scored at the weekend against Norwich. They're playing Newcastle. Newcastle like to give away goals. Those if you two kept players. Dennis, those are some fucking grapefruits, pal. <laughs> well, he's in my team. I do have Dennis. If, if, if everyone's busy captaining Ronaldo and you're out there captaining Dennis. This is the thing. Is, this is what I say. If you've got the balls and you want a differential, he's the one. And if you yeah, also every, want another one, Gray as well against Norwich. But I'd yeah. say that's even more risky. Oh. I don't know, man. Like, Norwich are fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, but so are Everton, so... You're home. You're home. We are home. Which is... Yeah, admittedly, so are Watford. Uh, Newcastle, like... I don't know. Yeah, I kind of like... I, it's a shame that Calvert-Lewin's not playing. Because I think Calvert-Lewin would um, have a field day against that. Yeah, no, he'd feast when he get up against Grant, Grant Hanley. But unfortunately, that's not going to be the case. So, it'll be uh, Michael's favourite, Solomon Rondon. Richarlison back? Yes. No, he's out. 
as I mentioned, he's out for he's already lost two hundred sixteen thousand owners. He's out for three weeks. Um, I think it's a knee injury I, as a result of that horrendous tackle. Which was it from there? Yeah, fucking hell, man. Which didn't even get a booking. Was it? Was it Tarkovsky? So yeah, yeah of course it was. So yeah, the fuck that is Tarkovsky. So yeah, that is that is my quick fantasy football preview. Any any questions that you want to fire me before we say our goodbyes? I loved it. My only question is, I need to make some money, and uh, I don't have any players. I can really downgrade other than potentially someone like Christians. I did. Uh, um, I'm not going to lie, Mikey. I did uh, have a glance at your team when you mentioned the fact that you forgot to do it. Isn't it times like this where you regret not having a strong, when I say a strong bench, just having people on the bench that actually play? Because I think you mentioned Robert Street last week. <laughs> a great player, mate. A fine, a fine specimen of a player. Um, he is one of the players I'm looking to upgrade. Don't worry. Yeah, I always say. Um, I think I, I think my. Um, I will say that I couldn't believe that I was still top because I went down to third at some point. Um, I've managed to cling on somehow, which has given me a bit of more of a pep in the old step. I think this week. I know you mentioned the other week, Lee, that you should never take a points hit. I am going to be taking a points hit this. this, this Very this few week. and far between. Sometimes a points hit and it has to happen. Inter- Never more than there's an international four, break after this. What round of fixtures, right? There's always an international. No, there break. isn't. Don't don't give me another. Is it, another is there fucking another international week? break. Sorry, this is this this week. The week after, then there's an international break. Fuck off! Honestly, can we can we end the show? I'm annoyed. By the way, Mikey, just before we do end the show, I should um, say probably between the two of you, you're going to have to come up with some fantasy football chat in the next couple of weeks, as I'm going to be AWOL. Well, actually, we do have maybe a little bit of announcement then in that case, because mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Collard, hard in training, right? I wouldn't say hard, actually. I'm actually easing off. But unfortunately, next Monday, I've got a, a relatively long train. And then the week after, I'm going to be recovering from the marathon. So I ain't sitting That's down fair. for a couple of hours, basically, to talk football. <laughs> well, we have uh, managed to arrange. Uh, there's probably going to be a couple of maybe some special guests in Lee's absence, uh, one of whom is potentially a Spanish person who can talk La Liga. He's been doing some research, getting prepared. So potentially you're going to have some actual authentic Spanish La Liga action. Is his inglés good? I heard today... Is his inglés good? Yeah, it's very, it's very good. Very good. Very good. Um, I, uh, I did see today that Barcelona chasing a, a goal uh, brought on Gerard Piquet and stuck him up front. They, oh they brought God. him on, first of all. Why, why is he not even playing? I don't know. I have no idea. They've got a guy in the centre half who then front. did equalise in the 90th minute. I've never heard of him and he's number four. They debuted a guy today who's their number 11. I've never heard of him. Well, I look forward very to confusing. listening to that then. Uh, hopefully we get some good Spanish insight. Uh, very quickly, what's, who's the other potential other guest? Uh, well, we've got some things in the pipeline, right? You never know. You never know. <laughs> that sounds very Brent Esme, you know, some things in the pipeline. Well, no, because I don't want to just say I don't want to promise something and then not deliver. Not deliver, yeah. Don't be the postman. Do you know what I mean? Always want to be the postman, should I say? Exactly. So you know, just leave it. Leave it with us. We'll see what we can do. Okay. And on that note, then, as ever, boys and girls, if you want to come on the show, we, you know, you can if you want. Man. What's what's Woods? What's that incredulous? I had Woods to go look face? at these these this Barcelona team. Uh, Aro Aro I don't know. Demir. That's why I didn't say his name. Yeah, Yusuf Demir, right? Yeah. Oh, man, this team stinks. <laughs> Is it worse than Norwich's team? 
this team this team would get pumped regular in the Premier League, like properly pumped. It's I, unbelievable. His face is they, one of genuine they got, horror. They're playing Garcia, who they got on a free transfer from City, and he's terrible, like legitimately terrible well, player. We saw that in the Premier League. Uh, Coutinho and Depay up front. <laughs> Just like, it's so bad. Frankie de Jong, what have you done, mate? Like he's what he's wasting his career now. He is stuck there on four hundred grand a week, admittedly, but he's stuck there. He went there thinking, "I'm joining this, this massive football club to play with Leo Messi," and here he is stuck, <laughs> stuck in this stinky team. Well, enjoy the chat then when we have the the Spanish fella on the show, and I'm sure you two can uh, have a have a good good chat about Barcelona, then, essentially. Well, Lee, next time we see you, because me and Woods don't talk to you outside of this, obviously, um, you'll have done the marathon, right? That's right, you don't talk to me, because when the occasions when you do talk to me, we have a slight disagreement. You do to go off and have a little chat in your private room. Right, you're you're like this passive-aggressive man. (laughs) Oh, look, August's going to have a go at me. I'm not going to say anything anymore. (laughs) I just love bringing it up. I know know you have a secret The thing is, you you waited. I, I posted about this fucking penalty incident. You waded in and completely missed the point of what I was saying. Made like, mate, your decision based on a phone fucking As thing I said, mate, I was on the move. Whilst you were walking. I was on the move. I wasn't reading the message properly. And then properly. got fucking defensive when I was like, no, no, you're not actually listening to what I'm saying of why why I think this is controversial. That's not a penalty for me. Not for me. That's not a penalty. Like, if you guys are just going to gang up with me, I'll go. I won't bother talking anymore. <laughs> was it? Yeah, at least you had Jackson fight in your corner. Yeah, that, that's, that's the thing. That's when you know you're fighting a losing battle. When you've got Jackson in your corner, it's like, uh, I'm probably not right here am I this one I'm just going to shut up now and on that note we should shut up because I don't think the listeners want to hear us talking about our whatsapp chats so for me when I come back on the show next I will be a fully confirmed pro marathon runner and on that note I'm going to say goodbye arrivederci Podcast Network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.